Hi, hello, and welcome. I am Ali Kazmi. I am Managing Director at Hans UK and co-host of the Tax Files. Over to my uh, co-host, Ekta. Hello, Ekta. Hi, Ali. Welcome again, lovely listeners, again to the Tax Files. My name is Ekta Kumar. As you all know by now, I lead the global tax team for the Michael Page Executive Group. Um, Ali, how are you? It's been a while. It's been a fantastic start to the summer. Uh, professionally great. I'm traveling across the globe and tra- taking a note out of your uh, book, so to speak, uh, Ekta, managed to get to New York, Boston, um, Kuwait, Copenhagen, all in a matter of two, three weeks. So it's all go. But more importantly, um, on the personal side, that's where the fun is really, because we've got one of these great big Asian weddings going on. And by God, the, uh, the sensitivity levels are really running high. Okay. <laughs> so how many events are we talking about, Ali? Are we, are we on event 15 or 16 by well, now? <laughs> it is, it's not the quantity. It's, it's, it's the fact that it's a destination wedding, but destination is in the UK. So we are playing host. So you can imagine we're having lots of fun. And importantly, my son's graduation is around the corner. So I'll be going to sunny Exeter. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. You must be a proud, uh, proud parent to be Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Tell me about yourself. How have you been keeping? Following suit in your kind of footsteps, Ali, lots of travel. Um, I'd love to say business related, but <laughs> it's been much more been much more <laughs> pleasure during the summer. Where have I been? I've been in Mallorca for a little while. I've been in Italy. Um, I spent a bit oh, wow. of time for work. Um, so it's been a lot of traveling, but my, my life has been essentially taken over by a combination of Wimbledon and the Ashes recently. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's so tough. Can I come and work for you, Hector? Uh, it's a hard life, Ali. It's a hard <laughs> life. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's got to do it. Um, have you been keeping up with the Wimbledon? Have you been kind of following the Ashes? I, I, well, Ashes, what a game. What a game. Uh, you know, I thought we were out of it. But, you know, let's see. Great. So, listeners, we're so excited to welcome you onto the ninth episode of The Tax Files. Today, we're joined by Patrick Reedy, Assistant Vice President for Fund Tax and Market Access at Capital Group. Patrick has been working in Fund Tax and Market Access for the past eight years. Prior to joining Capital Group, he was a tax specialist in the Financial Services Asset Management Department of PwC in Dublin. He is a qualified chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. Excellent, excellent. Uh, it's great to be actually having uh, Patrick join us today. Uh, we will talk a little bit about his career journey, how he got to where he is today. Um, and we will try to get him to tell us about what he considers are the topical important issues in the world of taxation. And importantly, we will then go to our final and most important round, which is the rapid fire round and see how he fares in that. It is with great, great pleasure that I finally introduce our guest, Mr. Patrick Reedy. Patrick, welcome. How's the week been? Hi, Hector. Hi, Ali. Um, firstly, can I just say thank you very much for the, the invite to the podcast. Um, I must say, I feel a bit humbled given that all of the participants you've had before me are people who have definitely uh, stood out in their career in the tax space. So 
I hope I can live up to expectations, maybe add some value, but we'll see how, how things go. The other thing I would say is uh, please do call me Patty. Um, Patrick is only when my mother or my wife has something uh, <laughs> difficult they want to say to me. So Patty is definitely Bravo. something I'm more comfortable with. <laughs> Works for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when we want to cause you some trauma, we will refer to you as Patrick as well. So with that, Patty, uh, it's great to have you. Uh, you know, it'd really be of interest to find out because, you know, you're uh, from your accent, I detect, from Ireland. And uh, you managed to do somewhere along the way some tax qualifications but uh, you now reside in Switzerland. So we would like to ask you to go all the way back, tell us which part of Ireland you are from, and how does a young man from Ireland get to Geneva? Thanks, Sally. I think you've had an esteemed career as a tax professional, but maybe an alternative might have been detective since you can detect the accent. Um, so how do I come from... Uh... <laughs> city to to Geneva and Switzerland, and to be honest, uh, it's it's a, it's an interesting journey, um, and I think a lot of my foundations is based on my relationship with my family. Uh, we have a very close relationship uh, in our small family of one brother, um, and I think that's how it all started. Really, I never really looked for tax, but tax somehow found me. Is the way I would describe a, a role in tax. I love that line. Um, <laughs> I think to be honest my brother is six years older than me and I always was competitive and he is an extremely smart person so I always try to how do I say compete with him so it all emulate, started really not compete <laughs> emulate <laughs> emulate it's a good word uh, so really what happened was he studied law and accounting in university so of course I copied him completely without any sense of originality and studied law and accounting um, but by the time you reach a certain age, you realize you have to try and take a different path. So eventually he went the audit route and I said, you know what, tax seems to be somewhere in the middle of law and accounting. So let's, let's try that. Um, and I was very lucky at the time that in the university I was, there, your third year is spent um, with a firm and actually doing some uh, on-the-job learning. And I was lucky enough to fall into PwC Dublin with a great mm -hmm. asset management tax team. Uh, with some great leaders who are still there today, who are still uh, very much well-known in the industry. You've got Marie Cody, Niles Flanagan, and others who have moved on, uh, Timothy McManus, etc. So they're all people that uh, have been my mentees all along, and now, now some of them peers. So that's how I ended up in tax, just simply because I didn't know what I was looking for, but it found me. Absolutely. Tim's a great guy, by the way. I didn't, we, we didn't prepare for this, but yeah, absolutely. And Pat Wall, also one from the past. Name from the was actually my first partner when I was with Peter yeah. Dublin, who uh, who's since retired. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going back to your uh, early days, I believe there was some sort of like uh, a family business and uh, perhaps you were being groomed for that and you kind of walked away from that. Uh, it's a good point. You've definitely looked at my LinkedIn page and, and tried to figure <laughs> out what Dunreedy Engineering really is. Um, You're living up so, to his detective, uh, detective <laughs> badge that you've given him. So. He's certainly living up to it. That's, that's right. You've done your research. Um, so yeah, Dunreedy Engineering, it's an interesting one for me because when I was born the same year, 
my father decided to start his own business. Um, and we come from quite, I, I guess, some um, humble beginnings in the sense that my father never finished school. Uh, my mother never really finished school, but went on to become a mental health nurse. Uh, and my father just did, a, did a, an apprenticeship role. But then um, when he, he opened the business, uh, it was a mechanical engineering and electrical engineering business which really over time turned out to be a great success where they had about 120 people hired in, in the company. I think that was my, that kind of shaped my childhood and also my values in the sense of watching that company grow, but also the way it was growing and his approach to that business, which was very much one that cared for the people who worked for him. So in the sense of when things weren't great in the economy and the business wasn't there, he worked with other, even what you would call competitors, to find roles for those people temporarily until business picked up again. And that happened vice versa between competitors and, and his company. So there was a real, um, I guess, care for the, the, the employees and the people under his responsibility. And I think I've been lucky enough in my career now working with Capital Group to found a company with similar values to what I grew up with and, and the type of values that we try to try to live in our careers. So. For me, that experience uh, of having that family company and seeing it grow and seeing the hard work that goes into it, it kind of gave me the drive to actually give back because my parents allowed my brother and I to be successful um, or at least get to where we are. I wouldn't consider successful yet, but get to where we are today. Uh, and I think we owe it to them and owe it to everyone else around us to kind of give back as well. Amazing. And and I guess, you know, growing up in a family environment, seeing it from the grassroots and kind of what it eventually ended up being, you, you mentioned there kind of giving you the skills and giving you the, the tools that you sort of use on a day-to-day -day basis now. If, if I were to ask you, you know, for you, what was the main takeaway that you apply in your day-to-day -day life now from your time in a family business and in a family type environment in a completely different sector and, and kind of specialism to where you are now, what's the most transferable skill for you? What's been the thing that you've taken away that's, that's kind of helped you day to day now? It's actually a really tough question to narrow down into like one skill, especially when you work in, in the tax space, because there's different types of skill sets when it comes to working in tax, right? You have the tax technical side of things where it's obviously a necessity to, to, to undertake the day-to-day -day work. But then as you grow in your tax role, you become more of a generalist and then you have some more people-style skills that you, you, that you either need to work on, you have naturally, or are kind of somehow um, something you gather as you go through your career. For me, a huge one is empathy, really. Um, and especially in the current times that we are, and, and empathy, the reason I use that word is because we are going through a period of transition, and uh, not just in the tax profession, but in lots of different areas. And because of that, there can be times when the role itself is evolving, the speed of change is quite uh, unheard of, and that can be uncomfortable. And so empathy is very much an important thing to have because you can then put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to experience what they're feeling and, and, and help them through this period of change. And I think we'll all come out the better for it at the other side of this technolo technology transformation and speed of change that we're going through. There is a great quote from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. You know, it, it happens to be a, a lawyer Atticus character, which is just about that ability to have 
empathy and uh, which is a great great skill I mean sort of like to have irrespective of you know not just your work environment just being a well-adjusted human being um, you talked a little bit about your past you talked uh, obviously the family dimension clearly comes through and uh, you know you talked about some of the tax luminaries I would sort of like say uh, some really outstanding professionals who would you say uh, Patrick Paddy is uh, being possibly the person with the greatest impact on your life or who's inspired you the most Ali, between Ekta and yourself, you're really coming up with the difficult questions. Um, it, it, again, I would say it's, it's difficult to answer that in terms of just one person, um, because many different people have had a huge impact on my life in different ways. Mm. I think uh, certainly if I take a step back and think about my development, who I am as a person, I would have to say my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something she told me to say, knowing I was coming in the podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I'll give a short background story to that. Um, as I said, she she actually studied to become a mental health nurse when she was younger mm-hmm. and actually uh, stopped that career to become a full-time mother when my brother was born and continued in mm-hmm. that sense throughout uh, our livelihood. Um, yeah. And I think that's a very difficult role. That, mm-hmm. is, uh, that is a really, really hard role. I considered my dad to be the CEO of the business he created and my mother was the CFO of everything, the business and the family <laughs> and everything like that. So honestly, uh, she was an amazing inspiration for us all. And mm. about eight years ago, when I actually moved to Geneva, my, my father was diagnosed with uh, frontotemporal dementia um, and passed away last year. And he was quite young. He was 64 when he passed away. And throughout that period, my mother spent eight years by his side here looking after him. He never needed to go to a, a nursing home or a facility to help with that. It was very much something we took on board as a family, thanks to my mother's dedication and luckily some background in mental health. So for me, she is the, the biggest inspiration um, to, to show that life is not about being selfish, but rather selfless. Mm. And the impact you have on others is really important. Yeah, that's great. I mean, one of the things I'm just working professionally with you, I mean, I notice is just how much of an emphasis you put on teamwork, you know, not just direct team, but wider uh, people, the key stakeholders. I mean, how important is that? I mean, I, would, I see it, but I would like to understand your philosophy. Um, behind that well i think if i speak specifically about working in the tax space um and obviously i work for capital group but uh the opinions i share here are my own and not really the opinions as such of capital group however i'm lucky to work with a company who has the very same values as what i aspire to but also that i get uh, motivated from um i think it's really important to understand especially in the tax world where we work in the asset management space that it's impossible to be an SME of everything and so teamwork and collaboration is the only way you can be successful and and tackle all of the the issues and work that that you have and it's important to to have the value for all of the diverse perspectives and backgrounds that different people bring to a team 
so I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by an excellent team, direct team, as you mentioned, first of all, with skill sets that come from tax, that come from fund accounting, that come from uh, real estate, from come from landlords. So everyone has a different perspective that they've brought to the team. And because of that, we hope we come to nice, uh, to good conclusions. Um, but it's really important that we, we value each other's skill sets and work together as a team because nobody uh, realistically can do it all. I think that's one important point to know that it's not on you as a person to have to do it all. You have to trust those around you and, and trust that they will bring their best as long as you're bringing your best as well. Uh, that's the directing uh, for me. And then obviously trusting your service providers, your stakeholders, because we all really are working together towards the same goal. So it's about building those relationships, those partnerships and uh, and having that loyalty and building that trust over time to work together. Uh, we're all working towards the same goal, especially the tax profession, which honestly requires all of us to to keep the standards high, to act with integrity, with humility. Um, these are things that we need to do all together, not not one person is responsible on their own. And, and bearing all of that in mind, Paddy, you know, kind of applying that day-to-day -day methodology in your day-to-day -day life with your own team and your own, you know, environment that you've sort of created and, and built, how how do you implement that methodology? How do you implement those principles into day-to-day -day management and optimization, I guess, of your team? Thanks, Hector. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I will say that the team was actually built by, by my boss um, and she had, was a fantastic uh, mentor to myself and also a, a, a huge player in building that team um, and she is, is still here to help us through these different things. I'm going to answer in a bit of a strange way, right? Because I um, I try to listen to lots of podcasts, read some books, listen to music, etc. And I'll start with music. I remember one time uh, Spotify was probably sick of me being too Irish and listening to you two consistently. So it's, it recommended an Australian band called uh, Shepherd. And uh, I started listening to their songs. And one that stood out to me is one called Learning to Fly. And the lyrics uh, within it are something along the lines of, and I'm still learning to fly. And I think that's something that I'll start with, which is I'm constantly learning and I never will stop learning. I am not, uh, how do I say, the perfect people leader as well as tax specialist, but I know what I'm not and I know what I am and I try to work towards being a better person every day. So I think that when the team sees that and trusts you to know that you have things that you need to work on, that you trust them, that's already a good start uh, because they can see that you're genuine in your empathy towards them and, and your, your desire to get better for them. Then another one is a podcast which is a TED Talks between a guy called Emmanuel Acho and Adam Grant. Emmanuel Acho was a former NFL player, and he does, uh, he's written a series of books. One of them is called Illogical, uh, saying yes to a life without limits. Um, and one of the things he talks about in that book is that is the difference between someone who wants to be significant and somebody who wants to be successful. Um, and I know lots of people have spoken on, have spoken on that subject, but the way he, uh, he described it for me stood out in the sense that if you want to be successful, it's very much about the I. It's a personal journey. It's normally monetary and it's normally a success that is for you and not for anybody else. And I think in my younger days, and a lot of people in the younger days focus on success. Um, and as time goes on, you realize that success can be short-lived and it's not very long-lasting. 
and it's better to be significant because significant is about bringing those around you on and helping those around you be a better version and the best version of themselves. And I think being significant is long lasting. It's probably lasting beyond your even lifetime, but also will lead to success anyway, hopefully. Um, so that was another one that stands out. So if you lead with your values of being significant rather than successful, again, people believe it, especially if you're genuine with, how, with yourself and with them. Uh, and so that will help get the best out of people because you're all kind of rowing the boat in the same direction. And if I use the dragon boat as an example, there's no point in one person dragging boat being really strong and pulling really hard if the other 10 are not, or 11, sorry, that's a valid number, um, <laughs> are actually not pulling in time with each other. So it's just th those kind of values and these kind of things you listen to songs, podcasts, read books, they're just things I pick out and try to apply. You, for our listeners that obviously can't see us at the moment, there was a lot of aggressive nodding going on from me and Ali <laughs> during, during um, Paddy's sort of summary of that. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I, I guess it's about kind of building a, a team around you that can, you know, fit in all the parts together and create one whole rather than sort of acting as independent entities and rowing your own boat as it would be. I'm going to ask you a tough question, Paddy. If you were to summarize your leadership style and your kind of what you're creating in one word just one word what would you want your long-lasting legacy post you know post this to be Ooh, what would the one word be tough one can i have one sentence not one word yeah we can we can allow that i think we can i think so we can, yeah. we can let that go it's cheating but in your case we'll allow yeah we so like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna steal patik philippe's tagline right it's you never really own a petite philippe you mind it for the next generation amazing i think uh, i think you took both of our breaths away with that one <laughs> so, absolutely no you know I, th I think you're absolutely right and i think you know what a what a way to what a way to summarize what you're trying to build for the kind of future to come absolutely so by the so way i, I guess... don't own a petite philippe I've just seen I've just seen the tagline passing through Geneva Airport quite often, so it's not that I have one. It's just I've seen the tagline. Yeah, if the PR team for Patek Philippe are listening, if you would like a, a few roadies to test out the product, please talk Apps, Tax files is open for that kind of sponsorship. Yes. The, the co-host would let very happily. <laughs> so I guess leading on into this sort of new idea of, of, you know, kind of creating something for the generation ahead and, you know, creating a, a mission statement to kind of go down, looking at the tax landscape at the moment now, you know, how fast things are evolving, the introduction of new regimes and new new dialogue on, a, on an almost constant basis. What do you see you know, what do you see is important to keep up with some of the changes when it comes to tax legislation and, and policy? How do you keep up with, with that sort of side of things? It's a good question. It's a, it, it is something that we, you need to be agile and flexible and constantly evolve. Uh, I'm using a lot of taglines, but it's true. Um, in reality, it all comes down to prioritization. And what you put on your list as priority today might easily change by something else tomorrow but it's about managing that prioritization. I think as well and, and that the industry is 
over the last few years, becoming more comfortable with using the technology that's available to us and less scared of using that technology. And that allows you to kind of create efficiencies where you move from a function which is quite heavily focused on compliance to being able to actually reduce the time it takes to be compliant and then focus on strategic advisory and kind of scanning the horizons for the regulations to come and putting things in place proactively rather than reactively because technology has allowed us to create efficiencies in, in other parts of the process. In saying that, technology is moving quite fast as well. Um, you have things like ChatGPT, which I think has potentially a lot of benefits, but I think we need to, as a tax profession to be very careful uh, that we don't lose our understanding of the regulations and things because it's easy to get it and summarize from ChatGPT, but it's not always correct. And I think that's actually goes back to automation. In our team here, we have a, a spirit whereby we will be the citizen developers of the automation because we want to understand the process flow. So if something goes wrong in the automation, we will know what has happened and how to fix it because you don't want to lose sight of what are the tax rules that I'm automating? You don't want to just see the end result. You want to know how you got there. Um, so it's very much something about around saying, use the technology to the best of your advantage. Don't forget what your role is. And three, don't be afraid of the volume and just prioritize. It's okay that not everything is not done the next day. That's really good. Thank you very much uh, for that discussion, Paddy. And I think we are at that point that you've been waiting for, where we move swiftly to our rapid fire round. Are you ready, Paddy? I think you mean it was the point that you were in for, but yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this is more, for, more exciting for us and more dread for Paul Paddy <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> well, without further ado then, Paddy, are you ready? Are you? Do you want to take a minute? Do you want to take a sip of water? <laughs> are you ready to go? I've just had a nice glass of water there, so I think uh, the heat, the temperature is down slightly in the room. I'm ready. Good. Right. In five, four, three, two, and one. Paddy, are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog. Are you Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian fan? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Paddy, Bon Jovi or Bon Iver? Bon Jovi, because I don't know who Bon Iver is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. That was nice and easy. Spotify guy doesn't know. <laughs> Patty, what's your biggest pet peeve? Tidiness. Okay, three items on your bucket list. Travel New Zealand, learning to cook Thai food properly, and trying to manage fitness levels. Bad haircut or bad dye job? Bad dye job. I've had one plenty of times in my youth. Too hot or too cold? Too cold. What's your biggest fear? Snakes. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Tom Holland, your favorite actors. Rank them in order. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Tom Holland. <laughs> if you could tell your past self one thing, what would it be? Don't sweat the small stuff. 
One word to summarize your personality. Optimistic. Favorite book? Thomas L. Friedman, Thank You for Being Late, An Optimist's Guide to Thriving in an Age of Accelerations. Oh. Wow. Go listeners want to save for your uh, for your amazon shop list i think that one <laughs> favorite movie annie james bond and lastly sean connery or daniel craig sean connery classic there you go <laughs> well done paddy you survived it <laughs> Fantastic. I have to thank your, your, the, the background research staff for, for throwing some difficult questions in there and trying to get a gather on my age. <laughs> <laughs> Always in an artful ways. <laughs> age is just a shoe size, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but no, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I think you've had some excellent guests on before and I Definitely did not want to copy Malcolm Richardson because he has far more experience than I do. So we tried to take the Asimandan's face in a slightly different direction. <laughs> They're fantastic. Listen, uh, it's been a fantastic podcast. Uh, we really enjoyed it. We really got a sense about your values that really came through. And that shows itself in what you talked about, you know, your the teamwork aspect, some of the challenges that you see within the tax uh, function, running that, what's important from a teamwork perspective as well. And uh, you survived the, uh, the rapid fire round. Um, Paddy, I mean, sort of like, before we say goodbye to you, I mean, what we wanted to find out is what information or advice would you leave uh, you know, for our audience? It's a good question. Um, I think the main thing that I would say is as tax professionals, mm. I think it's our, not just our calling, but our duty to help the next generation of tax professionals can, and build that pipeline in such a way that they hold the same values as are expected from the profession, yeah. but also to help encourage them into the profession, which is not something which is so evident given the technology changes, the environment, yeah. the, the desire to do different things. So I think we have, as tax professionals, we do have a duty to help the next tax professionals come through, like the tagline particularly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one of the challenges that you have is the, the the crisis of trust, if I can say it, within the profession, where people are doubting us, they're questioning us. And, you know, let, let's be open about it. We haven't covered ourselves in glory either. Um, to have someone like you with such a strong value set, it, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Ali, and, and thank you very much, Ekta, for, for having me today. I certainly feel humbled by being invited and also following the guests you've had, but it's been a, a great experience, and I hope that uh, we had some fun while we did it, so that was always it. I'm sure your mum will be very pleased. Make yeah. sure she listens, becomes a subscriber to the tax files. <laughs> <laughs>
This link is not being sent to my mother, but anyway. I think she be the next guest. Shout out to Mrs. Greedy. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, Patty, for, for joining us. And it's been such a great discussion. I'm sure all of our listeners are going to absolutely love it. Finally, thank you for listening to The Tax Files. It has been a pleasure as always. Please subscribe and get in contact if you wish to discuss any of these topics with us and our team or if you have any questions. To stay up to date with announcements, updates, and guest reveals, please follow Hansuki on LinkedIn. Excellent. Thank you so much uh, to my co-host and, of course, to our wonderful guest, Paddy. Uh, really appreciated and important to our audience. So thank you very much for your support and encouragement. We hope to see you again next time. Thanks a lot. <laughs>